everybody, and welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, and from my home studio again, I wish you a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you tune in to our podcast from today. And uh, yeah, I, I say back in the home studio, last week um, I had the... Uh, the very nice opportunity to go down to the Business Design Centre in London um, as a guest of the Association of Event Venues. Um, the AEV Conference 2021 was back in person as a live event and we went down there and recorded a few episodes of the Event Industry News podcast from the Business Design Centre and um, depending on when they get published you may have already heard of those, uh, you may have tuned, you know, listened to some already or they may be due out so um, I, I should uh, take a moment to say thank you to everyone Everyone who was involved in setting that up for us and uh, do tune in to those episodes from the AEV conference and on to today's episode and on today's episode we're going to be talking Meet You specifically with two of their um, I suppose senior management team and let's get them onto the show now. We welcome Tony Cooler who's the CEO and Tim Gutcher. I hope I've got that correct, Tim. We did discuss it off air. Gutcher, I hope, is the right pronunciation. Their product's lead. Um, Meet You is a brand uh, and a platform that I'm sure many of the event industry news podcast followers will have come across before. I've certainly seen it in the last few months as well with my involvement in Event Tech Live and um, with various other things that have been going on. It's, it's a brand that I'm familiar with but I don't know a lot about. And hopefully on the podcast today and by the end of today's episode, we'll know a lot more about these guys and what happens there. So Tim and Tony, thank you for joining the podcast. First of all, it's good to see you both. Hi, James. Thank you. Hi, James. Um, Thanks for the invitation. Not a problem at all. And it's always good to have two guests on as well because it means we have plenty of content and I can take a nice relaxed step back and let you guys do all the talking. Um, Tony, let's come to you first of all. Meet you. Um, I get sent podcast notes in advance of these recordings and I always like to have a look at the websites and any background information on the people that I'm going to be speaking to. And the first thing I noticed there is is you were started in 1999 as a, as a company. Um, now, for a lot of technology platforms that are in the events industry the vast majority of the ones that i've come across have only come around really in the last few years um going right back to 1999 this must make you one of the sort of longest serving operators in this marketplace that's true um and not um so we started 99 but um actually we started with um conferencing services so i'm in the event industry if you want for a very long time but um, these were all the conference services, um, investor relation calls, things like that. And um, but in 2016, I acquired a company which is called UB Event, and we added this to our portfolio. In since then, but that company was um, already five years in the market. So um, we're looking back in total now in ten years uh, in digital events, and um, definitely much more than most of our competitors. So in a way, we are veterans in what we're doing, but. Um, I have to admit I'm not doing this since 1999. So. <laughs> I was very honest with you. But nonetheless, um, it, that surely must give you some advantages in the sense that you already had a, you know, a, a background experience of delivering, you know, conferences via a technological platform, be it telephone or otherwise. So there, there was already a foundation of knowledge and understanding, wasn't there, which is, is critical to making these modern digital event platforms a success? Absolutely. First of all, um, for us, it was always important that it comes down to services. And um, so people were never, also when they're using um, simple order conferencing, they 
need sometimes they need help also it's it's very simple you need just to dial into a number but uh, you need operators and um, we always um, we built that infrastructure and everything and then we added the software component so it's just i would say we just change um, the way the the information is transported in a much more modern way um, with our um, software today but um, running like virtual events was something that um, we did um, since um, we have the company Mm. And and I suppose then that nobody could have foreseen what happened last year, you know, when you acquired a, a tech platform and you gave yourselves the ability as a business to be able to run hybrid and virtual events online. Um, as, as, as terrible as last year was for a lot of people for many, many different reasons, when it comes to digital event platforms and providers of those, mm-hmm. It was boom time for everybody, wasn't it? That's the reality. Um, it was, t- yeah. it, from, a, from a product development point of view, from a customer service point of view, h- how have the last 12 months been for you? Crazy. Um, yeah, crazy. So I think uh, maybe I, I hand over to Tim how he saw it from his perspective in terms of the product, but I can also um, talk a little bit about it. Tim, go on. So yeah, the the past twelve months uh, were crazy. Like um, especially last year and the beginning of this year, there was not a single day where we didn't break a record, which we which we broke a day before. So um, even wow. even last week, we we established new records on our platform in terms of uh, concurrent users, uh, streaming participants, and all these these very critical factors. So the last year we. Um, we 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 heavily worked on scaling up our still very service oriented and managed uh, service business, which is always um, a human touch, which is always a personal direct connection to the customer. We we worked hard to scale that up to the to the level where we are right now. Um, but also the the customers they they came with different demands. So the the industry and the um, the expectation towards what is a digital event changed dramatically. So, um, because obviously there were a lot of, of uh, a lot more competitors in the marketplace, and all of them pushed in with their unique idea of what a digital event is, and we of course have our idea of what a digital event is. So um, we were confronted with with a big innovation push from the market, um, but we also seen that the market itself, um, like maybe went 10 years into the future um because mm-hmm. like before before this 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 tragedy happened um we were we were talking about like yeah you need a stable internet connection you need a you need a modern browser like all these sort of discussions and um like some of these problems are now resolved because like the sort of event population shifted towards another era with new mm-hmm. browsers new internet connections they were aware of these so like for me, from the product perspective, the whole market digitized. And this is very, very good because right now we don't need to take care of digitizing the market. We can we can piggyback onto the infrastructure every business has laid out for their participants. And it's very good because now we can also enable other sort of technology, which is which was in the past always struggling to push to our market yeah. Um, yeah. because the market was not ready. And mm. this is very, very fascinating. Something that I've been interested in and 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 watched carefully in the last twelve months is 
it's important, I think, that any product, technology or otherwise, has an identity and that the creator of that service or that product has confidence and faith in what they see as, as the route forward and, and, and the opportunity for their clients, which is why sometimes when I see platforms that say we're completely adaptable, we can morph and shift and change into whatever our clients want them to be. I think the counter argument to that is, well, you know, you must not have a huge amount of faith or an identity in what you want to do because, you know, there are lots of products out there and what organizers and clients should be doing is taking the time to analyze what is unique about each particular platform. And, and as an, as a, as a, as a platform operator, how important is it that you do have some flexibility in there to be able to tailor to clients needs, but also to retain an identity of what meet you is to show that you've got confidence and faith in your product. Mm -hmm. So for me, this um, a very good example is that there's like, I see the event industry and the providers in it um, sort of in, in three different, very distinctive, uh, uh, let's say, look and feels of platform. So there's like the hyper immersive ones, which, which try to work with VR, AR, you walk mm -hmm. around, it's, it's very similar to a game. And on the other uh, edge of the spectrum, there's like the more website likes event providers. It's, yeah. um, if you enter the platform, it looks like a website, um, sometimes more like a, like a social media type of platform. And sure. we are sort of in the middle. We, we want to convey a very immersive experience to our participants without confusing them with too much uh, um, a 3D, uh, with too much like... Uh, getting around with VASD so and also like including them in terms of technology so we are trying to 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 bridge the gap between easy to use everybody can use it uh, regardless of browser technology but also very immersive and i think this is the first very important distinguishing point when you look at different event providers and we stick to our immersive experience but within that immersive experience we are very flexible so mm -hmm. if if a customer comes and says, hey, listen, I mean, you, you got the idea of a main hall, but right now I, I want another color in the main hall. I want my, my poster there, video there. I want an avatar here. That's, that's totally fine. We are flexible in a way. But if a customer comes and says, I don't want a main hall, I want a website. This also for us means a no because we have this immersive experience and we really want to want to use it because we know that events is something fascinating for the participants. I mean, yes. in, in physical events, organizers spend, spend a lot of money to make a very, very good and unique impression on participants. Not all events are like that, but, but some. And we try to give the opportunity in the digital space to convey a unique uh, experience, which, is also, which can also be highly branded towards the organizer. Mm -hmm. and, and and you've you've touched on an important subject here um in, in respect of things like trade shows and, and and conventions um to replicate the show floor in a digital environment has been the source of a lot of headaches for for, for platform providers and for organizers um from an engagement point of view um how much success have you um, been able to track uh, with your analytics you know the data that you've generated particularly in the last 12 months about how you've been able to actually generate and, and, and develop engagement in these virtual show floors, which has been so difficult for some other providers. Um, so in general, I would say that engagement in a digital event is, is just different than on a physical event. 
Um, mm. Like the internet lives off people uh, staying anonymous. In fact, just just a little uh, um, uh, venture down memory lane. Uh, one of the earliest cases we had uh, when when digital events were not that big were career fairs because career fairs offer mm. the um, the advantage of being anonymous. You're you're not spotted on a career fair by maybe another colleague saying, "Hey, what you're looking for a job?" <laughs> this is like this is yeah. a unique advantage of the internet. And I think today we we hear that a lot. Uh, um, organizers said, "Yeah, I had a lot of." customers and, and and participants but like the engagement was not very high and like we offer all sorts of engagement chat video uh, uh, breakouts mix and mingle streaming like really like all aspects of communication itself but i think communication in the internet is is just not as natural as on site um, so we try with different means and methods to, to to bring the participants to do more interaction. Of course, the the, the exhibitors and the organizers. This is this is their KPI, right? So we mm -hmm. give them all tools we have, and we co-develop with them new tools in order to engage with participants. But I think overall, the the willingness of the participants you acquire for a digital event is not as high as for a physical event because I think. The, the the barrier to enter a digital event is just lower than for a physical event and if you really decide to go on a physical event you're also ready to to do all this interaction and also engaging and 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 at the end of the day you're you're at a at a show floor on a physical event and there's an exhibitor sees you and approaches you and says hey how are you like are you interested like how awkward is it to just to just to just turn around and walk away but, yeah. but but you can do it in the digital space, so um, so maybe it's it's just people can can act more natural in the digital space, which for the exhibitor looks like less interaction. Mm. And it's interesting because we're still learning so much. You know, we've we've had to cram a lot of knowledge and information and understanding into a relatively short period of time. You know, without the pandemic to get the industry to where it sits today in terms of their understanding of digital and virtual and hybrid event platforms would have taken probably another decade. I think, mm. and, and, and what's happened is is that the pandemic has forced everybody down a narrow channel, and everyone's had their hand forced to learn quickly to adapt quickly which is as i said i think it's great for the technology industries because it's brought forward those opportunities um and and rush development but what we are still doing and the point i'm making is is that we're still learning we still don't have that full understanding yet of how people behave in these digital platforms compared to life and what we've done so far is try and recreate what happens in real life just in an online space. And the reality is longer term, once we've had a chance to assess it properly, is that that can't ever be replicated. So we have to find other ways of, of monitoring and understanding. It's going to be completely new levels of engagement, I think. Yes, indeed. So um, like we're digitizing. We are transforming what is analog into a digital space, but we are not as of now thinking digital first digital mm. native like what what was not there in in a physical world what can now be there here um so this is something um but i i i think this is this is like uh, a global a global perspective like globally we're still in the digitization phase and not thinking about like digital native experiences this mm. is not only two events i think 
Um, and um, I also think that um, there is a place for physical events. There is just there are things you cannot replicate in a digital domain. Yeah. Um, absolutely and we, we you know we mentioned we've mentioned some on this podcast before if you want to rewind sort of three months anybody listening today to some of the episodes that we did even at the start of this year you know when we when we were sort of still in the pandemic but we were start you know that the, the pod, I, I came back on the podcast in january this year and started to talk to people about experiences during the pandemic and um you know the, the, there's there's some really good stuff if you go back and reference um what people are talking about certain types of event that have to take place face to face and i'll not go through them all because there's a there's a list and we'll put up a link to uh, to one of those episodes for people to reference T tony if i may if i can come to you um related to the, the the customer experience and the client relationship side of things um picking up on this point about organizers and clients understanding of these platforms they obviously need a certain level of support from the provider i.e you yes. in order to deliver what they want but how important is it as well that the client really gets to understand the platform presumably you work with clients who are repeat customers they're coming to you for multiple mm. events um how important has it been for you to develop your client's knowledge of your platform Okay, so um, I have many things that, um, <laughs> that I want to say, but uh, once Tim is getting warm, you know, it's, he's hard to stop. First of all, <laughs> going back like a little bit um, to your first question, um, how were the last 12 months? This is important to me to say it's been, uh, as an entrepreneur, it's been an extraordinary experience. So mm -hmm. when in your life do you have... Um, the, the right product at the right time so and um, the things that you learned it's not only about um, the growth how much stress we can support as a company and everything i mean we grew tremendously in terms of people and everything the organization everything but also um, it's been a tremendous evolution in terms of product so it's not only boosting digitization um in terms of acceptance like we're using now video conference which is totally normal but um when it started, we had even in, in teleconferencing, we had a peak and then the pandemic killed um, the telephone conference. So everyone is used to do um, video conferencing as our first um, way to do a meeting today. Mm. And um, with digital events, what we saw, and I think um, that refers a little bit to what um, Tim just mentioned, is most of the customers had um, the feeling they should tr somehow try to replicate what they know from their analog um, exhibitions and events and everything into the digital space so we benefited from them most of them we tried to rebuild um, main halls and exhibition floors and everything so they like to have a very um, like one-on-one -on -one experience from what they know and that was good for the beginning but then um, people realized and, and that also led to some kind of un um, un, uh, unfulfilled expectations um, in terms of engagement. Mm -hmm. You don't have a cocktail hour. I mean, you can try, you can send vouchers, you can do things, you can eat in front of your PC, but it's not the same thing. It's not the energy that you have when you have a speaker on stage. It's not the same when you're meeting after the event on the show floor, uh, um, on the bar after the show floor and, and, and yeah. all these things. So um, people have changed these expectations. So they know, and, and I think, a very important thing is the, the data side of our business. So the data that you can generate that with um, these type of exhibitions, you don't have like um, the whole thing is 
from the first invitation and then putting the data into your CRM system, you don't have like a, like a break. So you're not going in, in a physical world. So you can just do all these things. And, and mm -hmm. on the other side, I'm full with um, you both, is that um, we need physical meetings. That is, uh, we're human beings. So this is a big um, point for myself to, to meet people in person. But um, we see there's a large shift. And um, But after this very first intense 12 months, we saw like, a bit of consolidation. Um, people also saw the limits of digital events and everything. This year, summer, everyone wanted to go. We were like, like the same video conferencing we, we couldn't do anymore. It's like the type of Zoom fatigue. We had like a kind of event fatigue. We wanted yeah. to meet in person. So, um, but now, especially these days with the numbers rising again, the pandemic and every so there is a benefit. So for us, it's now important to deliver the real value, value that um, is giving what digital can give. And, and that is not so much. Um, so, so we define engagement a little bit. I know everyone is running after that. Everyone is very much focused on this hybrid trend, which we're not big fans of, because I think if you're running a good hybrid event, in fact, you're running two events. You're doing a digital event yes. plus an on-site event. And yes. um, we say both have i mean you have to know that so and everything else if you're saying hybrid is just um putting it on the camera and and streaming out from the physical event so if you don't have a digital narrative if you don't write like um if, if you don't have a story for your digital event if you treat these like two classes of audiences so one is all on site and, and the other is is um, the digital uh, it will not work so um we see that these are two different type of um, events that you're doing and um, the customers understand it. So I personally believe in the future there will be a mix. So there will be um, the meetings, more VIP, more important. You will value that higher as, as a person um, where you meet in person and then you will ha have the mass of the meetings. You will probably um, um, be digital in the future. And also yeah. from my last, mm -hmm. last statement, Please. also from a sustainability standpoint, I, I mean, this is a blessing to the world if um, we're stopping to travel um, half of the planet just to attend, a, uh, I don't know, a four or six hour meeting. Um, so I think can do things that are more meaningful. So this is our personal opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased that you've said that because you're absolutely right to mention the sustainability aspect of it. Mm. It's, it's such an important outcome from the uh push towards digital in the last 12 months and the need to go digital is that is that one of the biggest benefits is the sustainability aspect is the amount of of travel and transport that we will ultimately be able to reduce as a as a global exactly. industry the global events industry must be responsible for i don't know what i'm sure there are statistics out there and somebody could tell me but if you think about people traveling to a a medical or a pharmaceutical or a science convention in mm. san francisco or tokyo or in frankfurt you know the, the people come from all over the world with hundreds of flights and all of the costs yeah. the financial implications the sustainability implications it, it has a huge benefit to that and I'm, so i'm pleased that you mentioned that today um but the hybrid point as well that you make that there's one thing that has become apparent which is that a lot of event organizers think that a hybrid event has to happen at the same time mm -hmm. They, they, they think that because, all oh, right, we're going to run a hybrid event this year. We're going to have the live event and the online event. But they still are trapped in this 
um, linear way of thinking that they have to happen at the same time. They have mm. to coincide. And I think that's something in the next two years we'll hopefully see a bit of a breakaway from and organisers realising actually doesn't have to be at the same time we can run our physical event at one point in the year and we can actually then expand our our community by doing a, a the hybrid you know the online element at a totally different time of year and a nice thing yeah and a nice thing james is that your digital venue stays so you, for a physical event you always have to hire for a certain date um the venue and everything but if you think digital and we see also um, we like to use that um, events as a platform you mm. can have that all year long you can have live elements and then you can have like the accumulation or the highlight of the season can be then the physical event it's exactly like you say it doesn't yeah. have to be everything on the same time um, as long as you can um, engage your audience and that will um, i think change the perception that that we had that it really has to be on the same time and then with with all the complexity that you're adding through a digital component um if you want to do it right um uh, yeah I, I think there there will be but um it's interesting to see what will come in the next uh, month so mm. it's it, <clears throat> I, I'm, it, that's a fascinating point that you made i don't think anybody's mentioned that on the podcast yet is this idea that when you run a physical event you have to pay for that space you know mm -hmm. if you're there for two days you might have to pay for it for three days because you have you set up and mm -hmm. possibly four days depending on how much equipment there is you may have to take it mm -hmm. all down so you have that cost of renting the physical space for that period of time which is a huge cost to the organizer yes. and you're right to point out that with these virtual spaces and digital spaces they effectively have a venue all year round they could do something Depending every day. on what type of yeah. pricing model you use but we are using that more and more that um, large enterprise customers they have the digital space their mm. digital home um not to be uh, mixed up with uh, a website it is really something where first of all that you can it's like before the event is after event and 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 everything you have all the media there that um, you're generating all the content can be stored there you can like have a pre-event which is digital and then have a physical but yeah it's um we try to sell this uh, more like um, events as a service and um, you have a platform um that is there all the time Fantastic. T Tim, um, uh, uh, as we sort of get towards the end of time on today's episode, I just want to go back to some of the points that you made earlier on um, relating to, to sort of breaking records. You mentioned uh, earlier on in the podcast that, you know, that there was a, a period of time where every day you were breaking a new record. And I'm keen to maybe ask specifically about what some of those records was. Were they you know, engagement, headline figures of people attending? What, what were the sort of the records on a day-to-day -day basis that, that specifically you could mention? So um, at first it was like Tony mentioned, even our, our telephone conferencing product like skyrocketed because, because like in the beginning, the core need was communicate digitally. Hmm. Uh, um, like not everybody had like a, a laptop yet, maybe just like phone uh, was widely dispersed. So we saw a, a steep in, incline uh, increase in telephone conferencing. This, is, this was at the beginning very, very interesting. And then afterwards, we 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 just saw that the that the customers are transitioning to the other services. So um, the the records we we broke were like uh, concurrent attendees uh, during a webcast or a um, uh, a digital event, uh, mm -hmm. but also registrants. Just last week, we had an event with 50k registrants. Um, we like 
and and like over the last year we invested also heavily in in scaling out our infrastructure to to house that many participants we we also onboarded partners and the partners broke records and then all of a sudden there were events where uh, like like from one minute to another like one two three thousand new participants enter the platform like there were days with with like a new record in amount of events i think i think uh, I'm not sure, but maybe it was like sort of like around 15 events a day. And if every of these 15 events opens the gate at like 9 a.m., 10 a.m. CET, right? Then then we we had a peak in overall users concurrent on the platform, not only one stream but mm -hmm. multiple events. Mm -hmm. um, and and this also over time because as 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 Tony said, um, like digital events stay open after the live character is, is sort of over after the agenda is finished so we we like in all sort of usage factors we broke records Fantastic. number of events number of registered users new users uh online users concurrent users uh chats um yeah we we had an event where we even even broke the record for like chat messages um so <laughs> Yeah, but maybe to add some numbers when um, before the pandemic and we did that for a couple of years, it was normal to us. We had like a handful of project managers. We have now 35. Um, we had like two, three events a week and that was a strong week, not during summertime. Um, we have now 10, 15 large events. I mean, not self-service events, large supported events. Yeah. a day um, during this month. So um, it's really the, the massive amount of, of things that have shifted to digital spaces is, is, and last year we had to stop selling in september like all the major um, platform providers because you just didn't have enough um, manpower to support these events did you you've you've actually just preempted that my next question tony there which is mm -hmm. as a business operator how much pressure has the sudden expansion put on you as an operator from a staffing a capacity point of view even things like you know capacities within your own server spaces and things like that you know presumably you're having to make adaptations and expand almost on a daily basis we did i think um our people team was vital to the whole to scale this operation so we couldn't be more thankful to our cpo and the team that that we're having doing that that, that was very important on the other side i think we wanted to speak a little bit about, about our product me to go and the idea for me yeah, to go was yeah. um to have a self-service product which is in a way um of course not doing the same things that we do with our flagship product you can't you have to use um ready-made templates not, not everything um, can be changed and um, just to um, for the market that was created in a way by Hopin, where you can um, do good events on your own um, and this right. is how we started with with me to go but it's still using the same signature features which is our gdpr compliance which is um, the flexibility in terms of um, the, the backgrounds and everything that you can choose to give mm -hmm. this graphical aspect you have um, the functionality of a booth and avatars and all these things. But um, like, and, and that came out more like out of a problem because we didn't have enough project managers and people said, okay, we want to do that on our own. We can do it on our own. We have experience. Uh, people, um, let's do small events on our own. And that is how we created Meet You Go, um, which is like in a way like um, our flagship product in a light version where we shifted um, the, the work that we're doing for large customers 
um, to the customer and um, it's subscription-based and he can use it as much. And, and there's where we see that people are using that like um, all your open platform. So they're changing, modifying and doing new events um, as they like. And that's 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 that sounds to me like you're simply acknowledging the fact that as much as there are organizations out there who may not have significant tech experience and don't have the capacity to manage mm. a platform like this, mm. there are equally other businesses out there with people who are technologically savvy. Maybe they've been Absolutely. managing their own websites for years internally. So actually being able to work on a platform like this is is good for them. So it's helping both parties out, isn't it? It's reducing the the pressure on you from a, a human resources yeah. perspective and allowing that 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 client to. It is. Do what they it want is a do. different. Uh, it is a different market on one side. On the other side, we saw that within the last eighteen months now, um, the traditional event planners they became digital experts. I mean, they were planning physical events, but they had to survive somehow with NBC, especially. Um, the more the younger ones, they're those who we hired most. Um, they had a big appetite to to transfer um, analog into digital, and they became expert. I mean, it's um, the, the self service product is in a way it's like um, with the wizard, but you have to understand. We always say it's important to understand an event, not so. So it's not a programming language. So you can um, install an event if you if um, on me to go if you understand like how the event business goes and um, yeah and, and we saw that there was um, a lot of expertise created within the last 18 months simply because they had to they, they couldn't plan physical events so um and there so so what i'm saying is there's a lot of people that that like to use that type of technology mm. and, and what would have fascinated me i'd have loved to have sort of been privy to conversations in event organization teams where you have these perhaps younger people in the team who are not as experienced in the live events world who mm-hmm. I, I think and I suspect all of a sudden were looked upon and called upon to actually help people who on paper have a more senior level and a, mm-hmm. and a more experience in the live events world but there's a lot of senior events people out there who are not as technologically advanced and don't have that intuitive understanding of things as the younger generation do so it, it, it was to me i think that there was probably a, gl- a great leveler within event organization teams as well yeah. of, of people I, i'm not blaming people. the older one because i'm i'm of i'm also old so um <laughs> and and i had to um and for me it's more difficult to to um, operate this than it is for tim which is like more intuitive in these type of things but it's like you say i think it's it, it's the mix um mm. and um by the way we also see that um there are also so if i haven't been totally politically correct also older uh, guys that um, love to use the platform and, and everything so um yeah, I think, the, 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 as I said, the main thing is that you need to have passion for events. And yeah. then you can do that. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the challenges are also different. So for physical events, you have like you, you, you like have, you have these physical stuff. Like, like people need to come in, build their booth the day before. You need a lot of logistics, hotels, mm-hmm. flights. And this is not there in the digital domain, but there are other challenges in the digital domain which, which you will maybe not face in the physical. So it's also interesting how as you say this this professional profile develops like uh, like a digital event planner versus like the more traditional uh, physical event planner um yeah so um what i also want to say about me to go is uh, we're inviting everyone to our immersive platform with me to go 
and um, we are happy to get to get any feedback from um, experienced event organizers uh, mm. what they think first of our way of looking at digital events uh, as i elaborated in the in the beginning the immersive style um so yeah me to go uh, was enabled due to the the changes we needed to introduce in the last year uh, mm. about scaling about um, mm. infrastructure etc and I guess for anybody who's never used your platform, and you know, for new customers potentially, Meet You Go is a great stepping stone in some respects. You know, if they want to come in and have a look at that and get familiar with Meet You Go, then once their understanding of that is developed and they've run some events on there, it might mm. be that their events grow or they have other events where they require maybe that more um, increased level of interaction with you directly. Yeah, so absolutely. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so, so for me, Meet Your Go is like our our entry Meet point has has a big uh, uh, entry barrier. Okay, so mm. it's it's not easy to to look behind the barrier. With Meet Your Go, we lower that. Everyone can start today, create an account, tinker around with the whole platform, uh, um, even even like uh, use all features for one one month for free in the trial. Um, and then maybe some some things, some features are missing, insufficient. So, but I'm sure we can offer them in Meet Your Pro. So mm -hmm. we we want to invite everyone into like the the first step of our Garden of Eden. And then also <laughs> like there's there's like a second level where you can where you can. Uh, um, Tim, we should bring into sales. Yeah, like a first step. To, to experience what we think, why digital events are great. Yeah. Um, but, but it's not the last step. There's always another step and maybe it's just mm. lowering the entry barrier. And um, for all your listeners, um, they, like if you register, there will be an email from me uh, welcoming everyone to the platform. And I'm very, very happy to hear any feedback to jump on calls with, uh, with, with, with event experts um, that tell me what I yeah. need to learn about digital events. And if I can add some selling stuff now to your speech oh, here is oh, um, the, fir yeah. the, the yeah. first month is free. So um, you can run if you're um, resisting at a good point in time, you can even do your event for free. For us, it's more important um, to learn about customer behavior because we're not a SaaS company. We're coming out of um, really of um, service software business. And um, so this is a totally new um, game and um, so for us it's important everyone that is using that is um, is highly welcome because um, it's it's about learning and to see um, how can we improve the, the experience and all these things Absolutely. and maybe to add one thing um, in terms of technology why um, we have customers that are choosing us is that like most of the people that we see in our industry um, that have started within the last one and a half years um, they are using a lot of third-party things. In our tools, in, in um, all our technology stack is our IP. So we did that for 10 years. And um, so we don't use any different webcast tool. We, we haven't done any acquisitions and put it together like others because it's normal. You can't build a big platform in one and a half years. So our, And that is the difference. So we can, I think we can deliver a slightly different experience everything is um, made from the same people supported by the same people and um, we also believe that one of the most important things in a digital event is stability so um, and and this is what we're standing for 
Mm, absolutely. Um, if I'm right in saying, um, I'm going to pop a, uh, some information up on the screen now. Um, for anybody who's listening to today's podcast, hop over to eventindustrynews.com and check out the video version of this because um, the link that we're putting up, I think, is where people need to go if they want to explore Meet You Go um, and and explore some of the things that Tim and Tony have been telling us about. Meet You, which is M W E T Y O O dot digital meet you dot digital is where you need to go if you want to find out a little bit more about the meet you go um platform and some of the opportunities there of course if you want to find out a little bit more about the company in general meet you.com is their main website and i'm sure if you go to that you will also be able to find your way through to the meet you go side of things but meet you dot digital is where you need to go to have a look at this new meet you go platform that the guys have been talking about today we've been joined on the event industry news podcast by tony cooler the ceo and tim Gucha, product lead from Meet You. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. It's been great to talk to you. Um, Thanks, James. Find out a little bit more about you've been, uh, what you've been up to. Good luck with everything. I mean that genuinely. You know, we've we've all faced such a, a challenging time over the last 12 months and um, mm. out of anything as bad as, as, as this whole situation has been globally, good always comes from 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 bad things like this opportunities are created and as i said i genuinely think it's forced everybody's knowledge and understanding particularly in the digital realm to to actually explore what this can do for them and um it's sped everything up as i said by at least 10 years um you know may, maybe even more so um do stay in touch we'll uh, we'll keep um keep up to speed with what you guys are doing and uh, as i said good luck with everything um if you are watching today's podcast as i said uh, on eventindustrynews.com already we'll hello to you don't forget that you can go to your chosen podcast platform and download audio versions and listen to audio versions of all of our podcasts of course the opposite way is if you are already listening to us today whilst you are on your commute or you're on your way to an event or just taking some daily exercise you can also go over and watch video versions of this via eventindustrynews.com and you can tune into uh, all the episodes that we've done for sort of six years or so now and uh, you can also check out the latest news features and and supplements that are on the website whilst you are there. Um, thanks to both of our guests today, to Tim and Tony from Meet You, who've joined me, James Dixon, on the Event Industry News podcast. It's been great Thank to have you, you guys. We'll see Thank you all you on the next episode. Thank you.